Welcome to Talk Dizzy to Me, the show that brings you a comprehensive look into the complex field of dizziness. Now here are your hosts, vestibular physical therapist, Dr. Abby Ross and Dr. Danielle Tate. Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Danielle Tate, a physical therapist who specializes in the treatment of vestibular dysfunction. And I'm joined by my fellow vestibuloholic co-host, Dr. Abby Ross, who is also a physical therapist and a neurologic clinical specialist who specializes in the treatment of vestibular dysfunction. Hi, everyone. Today, we are so excited to talk to two clinicians who, even in the midst of a pandemic, have started a great mentoring service for vestibular clinicians. We'd like to welcome Dr. Annie Tapp and Dr. Megan Daly. Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yes, of (laughs) course. Would you mind introducing yourselves first and then just give us a little bit of information about your background, how you got into the vestibular world, how you ended up crossing paths and starting your mentoring service? Um, okay, I'm Annie Tapp. I have been a PT for nine years. Um, and uh, after graduating from PT school at University of Illinois in Chicago, I got my first job at the Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago, which is now the Shirley Ryan Ability Labs. Um, and my very first continuing ed course was a vestibular course because I was seeing some patients who were dizzy and I was not prepared. And so my manager at the time told me to take this course. It was four days. It was phenomenal. They do it every year. I highly recommend it. Um, And at the time, I was kind of rotating through based on census, inpatient, outpatient, day rehab. Um, So I got to see a little bit of everything across the continuum, which was really great. And there are no shortage of amazing mentors in vestibular rehab and otherwise at RIC. So I had a lot of support. And then my husband's job moved us to Nashville about five years ago. And I took a job at an outpatient orthopedic clinic, like a private practice, which was um, really different than the hospital-based experience I had. Um, But I just started marketing to the local PCPs and ENTs that I could see their dizzy patients and quickly got a pretty significant amount of my caseload was vestibular patients. And then after... I had my son in 2018. It was very clear that the uh, outpatient orthopedic life was not for me anymore. And I left for academia and I work at Tennessee State University now. Uh, My technical title is the lab competency coordinator, which basically just means I do whatever anybody needs me to do. Um, And I help in the neuro curriculum and do a lot of um, clinical education coordination and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. And and what about you, Megan? Um, I'm Megan Daly and I've been a PT for seven years. So my first experience with vestibular rehab was when I was a student, I went to Regis University in Denver, um, actually started in my first clinical rotation. I had an amazing instructor who saw patients with vertigo and chronic pain. And he also did facial mobilizations for people that had had head injuries and things like that. So I got to take notes for him basically and write down all those big words like ethmoid and sphenoid and just (laughs) amazing to watch him work. So I was fascinated after that and sought out more rotations in vestibular rehab. And so I was able to do another rotation completely in vestibular rehab 
And then my first job was in skilled nursing where I did tons of balance training with my patients. Um, after that, I ended up in outpatient orthopedic clinic, but actually my caseload was 90% vestibular patients. So that was amazing experience and we had goggles, so we got to play around with all the fun equipment. Um, and during that job, I got to take the Herdman course at Emory, which was amazing. So that was an awesome experience. And then unfortunately, four years ago, I had a concussion that left me with terrible vestibular migraines. Mm. So now I have both the patient perspective and the provider perspective on vestibular issues and vestibular rehab, um, which has certainly improved my practice. And because of that, um, I just needed more flexibility in my schedule. So I started my own business to focus on mobile and telehealth PT, um, as well as teaming up with Annie to do the mentoring program. That is awesome. And it's very cool that you have that patient perspective to kind of bring to the table too. I'm sure that's really helpful in the program that you guys have put together. But first, let me say, I, I am really impressed that we were able to find a single time to all sit down and actually talk and record this episode, considering we are in three different time zones at this point. So Megan, you're in Oregon and Annie, you are in Tennessee. How did you guys cross paths and come together to form the Dizzy Coaches? Uh, Megan posted on, I think, something on the mobile PT group, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was in the mobile PT group, I believe. I posted something about wanting to do a vestibular mentoring program, and Annie responded to my post. Mm -hmm. That was uh, a year ago. We're just about to celebrate our one-year anniversary of starting these conversations. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And when did you guys officially start Dizzy Coaches, uh, your your um uh, mentoring program. Uh, was it March? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, so we talked last year and kind of occasionally would kind of check in about it. We just, we felt like we had a, um, really similar philosophy on how we like to treat patients and what our thoughts are on why people need more mentoring in, uh, vestibular rehabilitation. And um, we were kind of like ramping up just as the pandemic was starting. So um, I think March is when our Facebook group started. Wow. Talk about timing, especially <laughs> yeah. at a time where everybody really needs a little bit of help and some telementoring. So right. tell us a little bit about what your mission is as the Dizzy Coaches and also who would ideally benefit from your mentoring services? Who are you marketing to? Yeah, so um, our mission is basically to help help licensed clinicians. Basically, we're focused on PTs and PTAs, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. It could be audiologists, anybody that works with vestibular patients, to be able to provide the highest quality of patient care to reach as many patients as possible so that we can decrease incidence of falls, spread awareness of vertigo, and give patients the highest quality of life. Because we all know how hard it is to get a proper diagnosis and individually, we can all make a difference and see a certain number of people a day. But if we train and help mentor other clinicians, then we can help them reach even more patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I don't know, my experience coming from a big hospital system that was a big teaching hospital with, I mean, I was in a vestibular journal club with like eight clinicians. Um, there were 
a ton of us who were seeing it and there were a ton of more experienced clinicians that I could go to and be like, this patient I just saw was really wonky. I don't know what's going on. And they could talk me through it. And then when I came to Nashville, I was in a small outpatient orthopedic clinic with a huge need. I mean, immediately the physicians were like, yes, okay, great. When can we start sending you these people? Because mm-hmm. we don't know what to do with them. And a lot of them didn't want to, the clinic I was at is um, just east of downtown Nashville. And a lot of those people don't want to travel to Vanderbilt because they're dizzy. Um, and that's like a 45 minute drive. You have to navigate a parking garage and do all of that stuff, which makes it a lot more difficult. Um, and they had a waiting list. So there were a lot of barriers to getting to the um, advertised specialists in the area where we, like, you know, you're gonna get good care, but even getting there was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was confident at that point because I'd been treating for four or five years and I knew I had the skills to see the patients, but a lot of the other therapists in the clinic that I saw, they were like, what do you do? How do you do that? I don't wanna touch that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just made me really feel like you can like you you have the tools and the skills to treat the patients with dizziness you just need a little bit of encouragement and a little bit of support to get there and if we could get more just like megan said if we could get more therapists comfortable seeing patients with dizziness even even just to evaluate them and say like you definitely need a specialist or no i can handle this um we would help a lot of people yeah, and I mean, there's been a big spotlight on and a need for vestibular therapy, um, especially with uh, concussions becoming a lot more treatable and talked about in society. Um, but the problem is, is you don't have that person to tap into. A lot of these outpatient small clinics will send one therapist to be their vestibular therapist, and they'll send them to a weekend course and expect them to start seeing patients as soon as they come back. And if you don't have that mentor or access to somebody that you can ask questions, it's really hard to figure that stuff out on your own. So it's really imperative to have somebody to bounce ideas off, talk to, see what resources they have available. And that's invaluable, having that person. And not everybody has that person until you guys came along. So I think what you're doing is fantastic. Yeah, and not to mention, if you are an inexperienced clinician working with a patient with vestibular dysfunction, if you don't know what you're doing, chances are you might not be actually helping them. You could make them a little bit worse if you don't know the differential diagnosis, if you don't vary your treatment plans based on what the cause of the symptoms are, and so on. So having mentorship for those newer clinicians is definitely key. Absolutely. And I also think like, I think we would probably say our target therapist probably works in an outpatient clinic. Um, just because I think there's a lot of people who walk into an outpatient orthopedic clinic with dizziness and that's where they want to go because that's the therapist who helped them when their knee hurt and they trust that person and they don't want to go to the big hospital downtown. But the outpatient orthopedic therapist is like, this is not part of my scope, but I think it really can be, especially with the convergence of neuro and ortho really comes together with vestibular. You've got to know how to treat a neck. You've got to know how to assess that stuff too, which then the neuro, neuro, neuro focused therapists are often like, I don't want to treat your neck, but I'll treat your dizziness. And to me, you can't 
often do one without the other. You need a broader palette, somebody mm-hmm. that can look at the entire picture and not rule something out as a possibility just because they're so focused on a special um, area that they want to focus on. Well, and sometimes so, you can point. you can't treat like you can't compartmentalize them. You kind mm-hmm. of have to do a little bit of both. You know, even if you could say like, well, I'm going to treat this, and then I'm going to treat, and then I'm going to send you to somebody else to treat that. Sometimes that doesn't really work as well as we'd like. I think those complicated patients have layers, right? And you kind of find the most dysfunctional layer on the outside first. And as you slowly start to peel away those layers, the patient slowly feels better, but you have to address each layer and think of everything that could be a component into how the patient's feeling. And picking those apart can be tough because things can overlap and feed into each other. It's a chicken or the egg situation most of the time. So having someone to bounce that off of and talk to, or at least form a team or know if that's um, something that they can treat is important. Um, so say I wanted to get started, I needed a mentor, and I wanted to look to you guys for some help. Um, where would I get started? What are my options? Yeah, so we have a number of different options. The first thing you can do is join our Facebook group. It's free. We want to create a community of support for anyone that's treating individuals with dizziness and vertigo. Um, the name of our Facebook group is Dizziness Enthusiasts, Vestibular Physical Therapy Mentorship Group. So you can search for us and join the group. We've had lots of good discussion. We try to post videos, information. We just posted our handout on vestibular, how to do, you know, like the vestibular, excuse me, vestibular evaluation flow and uh, just try to have fun with it too. I like so, the form you guys just posted. It was very comprehensive and really easy to follow. It was great. Nice. Yeah, thanks for taking a look at that too. And um, so, in addition to the Facebook group, we've got other options. You can do, we do our kind of like signature offering is a 90 minute monthly mentoring session with access to our private Slack channel um, that you have access to for the whole month. You know, if you have questions during the month while you're treating, you can get handouts, you can have discussion with other people that are in the group um, and just that ongoing mentoring support. And that we're doing on a subscription basis for $50, or you can do a one-time drop-in fee for $60. And each month we're focusing on a different topic as we go through. And we just kind of pull the group and see what people want to focus on and what's been coming up for them in clinic. And then we set up our whole session around that. Very cool. Um, Yeah. We're also doing group mentoring by request. So this could be a custom option, you know, if you want to get some PTs together and we're online, so you don't have to be in the same clinic. You could be anywhere and you could just get like four or five people together and we can do a private group mentoring session with you. Um, We'd also do individual one-on-one mentoring too. So if you have a really tough case or you're feeling stuck or you just don't have anybody around that you can talk to, the individual mentoring can be great as well. And I think this was the date that you launched was mentioned before, but everything's live now. You're up and rolling and accepting new clients. Yep. Everything, everything that we just talked about is live. Um, we are focused on the the group session every month. That's kind of where we're putting our efforts. Um, we're working on some other content, more of like webinar type content. Um, but that's, not live yet (laughs) takes time yeah we're trying to to you know we we were talking earlier today about how like we have so many ideas of things that we could do and so in the beginning it was like well we need a cool logo and we need a website we were like no 
we just need a Zoom account <laughs> and a Facebook group. And we're going to just start talking to people about vestibular rehab and keeping it, keeping it simple. So hopefully we can build it a little bit to have some stuff for people who can't, you know, it's tricky with my schedule. Like the eight o'clock central time is kind of the only time in the evening that I have available in my small house where my toddler is not climbing on me. So um, sometimes that's not convenient for people. So um, trying to get some options for people to listen to the stuff that we've prepared for one of our mentoring sessions, but um, in more of a like webinar format. Now, what you guys are doing is pretty unique where there's not a lot of mentoring programs out there. So I'd imagine that getting something like this started has some of its own initial challenges. What have you guys kind of faced um, getting this started? What have been some tough things that you guys have had to navigate? Um, I think Annie said it before, just like staying focused. We, you know, we get so excited about vestibular rehab and helping everybody learn how to do the differential diagnosis and the clinical reasoning flow that we kind of like run away with our ideas and just trying to bring it together. And right now just really focus on our monthly mentoring sessions and build that up and then just plan the rest of it to kind of phase it in later. Um, but also the timing of it too, just rolling this out right before the <laughs> pandemic hit was an interesting little speed bump. And uh, we're just wondering if maybe, you know, that was something that affected participation with, you know, people just experiencing layoffs and being furloughed that maybe a webinar or some sort of informational session that's not live could be better for people's schedules. Yeah, but it, it really, once we decided like we watched, we're just going to go bare bones with it. It, it, it wasn't really that much to, to do. It's just like, okay, we did it. And, um, let's see if anybody comes. <laughs> Build it and they will come, right? Yes. yes. That's right. So question though, about the monthly mentoring session, the 90 minutes, is that, I'm just a little confused. Is that, something that's pre-recorded or is that an individual live one-on-one -on -one session? It's a, it's a group session. So um, it has a theme and we've prepared some content like a case or something to kind of help guide our discussion about things. But um, we want people to be able to um, ask questions and um, get clarification on things last month one of our um, monthly subscribers actually brought two cases that she gave us beforehand. So we could actually talk about her cases um, that fit within our, we were doing posterior canal BPPV. So they fit within that theme. And mm -hmm. so we used her cases to talk about some of the stuff that we were wanting to go through. So it's all your current subscribers meeting once a month at the, the time that you guys set then yeah. they also have access to you guys for one-on-one -on -one sessions as well. That's more individualized to what they need. Um, that's like separate. Okay. Separate. So you could do, you can do a group and you can join our group that already, that has members in it and it's, um, has a theme, or you could say, I want a one-on-one -on -one individual session and I want to talk about X and then okay. we talk about whatever you want to talk about. Got it. So you mentioned one subscriber has brought a couple different cases to the forefront. Have you had to give any advice on 
maybe a really interesting case, something you don't see every day in the vestibular world? Um, yeah, so with those cases, one of them brought in a case that was really interesting. They suspected that the patient had had a stroke, um, but later that was ruled out. They were having a lot of positional symptoms, but were very, um, just really symptomatic. So with their testing and their treatment, they were having these extreme responses and weren't tolerating much of anything really. So the PT did exactly what we would recommend, um, but it was more just a lack of confidence in their clinical skills that we were able to be there to support them. Like, Out of curiosity, about. what was the diagnosis? Um, I believe they, so they didn't have a stroke and they were positive for BPPV but then they refused to come back because their symptoms were so strong and then they were referred on to neurology. Yeah, so, so we don't know the ultimate outcome of that case. Gotcha. Yeah, there was a positive posterior canal BBBV diagnosis, but beyond that, we don't know what the rest of it was. Hmm. Yeah, that can be tough sometimes when patients are that symptomatic. They just, they can't either handle it or they're just terrified to come back and we kind of, we miss out because we want to know what happened, right? Right. Um, it's kind of like leaving a puzzle unfinished. Yeah, right. and this was a, a patient who was having a lot of vomiting too, which is always really tough for people. And they even tried medicating her beforehand. So I think that vestibular migraine was on the table um, as far as a diagnosis, but um, maybe we'll find out in August in our August meeting. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Yeah, keep so it open. What are some of the um, recently covered sessions that you guys have had for your monthly sessions? What are some of the other um, uh, subjects that you guys have covered? You had mentioned that you had covered posterior canal, BPV. What else? We started with differential diagnosis um, because that's kind of how Megan and I think about this stuff. It's like if you can get good at ruling in and ruling out things and being systematic with your evaluation, you can be really successful. Um, and just a lot of it's having the confidence to say yes or no, like, yes, I did the test and I ruled it in or I ruled it out. Um, so I, we did differential diagnosis and I had a complex case that I presented a patient of mine who had multiple um, causes of his dizziness. So concussion, BPPV, and cervicogenic dizziness kind of all in one. And like we, we talked through that case and what would we do first? How, how would this go? Um, and then because uh, people were really interested in the concussion piece of that case, we did concussions next and then we did BPPV. So um, doing the BPPV, we realized we didn't have time to talk about horizontal canal and posterior canal. So horizontal canal is this month. And then we'll talk about... Um, hypofunctions in September. Or horizontal canal will be August and hypofunctions is September. We just recorded an episode last night about horizontal canal and we could <laughs> spend more than an hour just talking about that. And we even, when we, as soon as we finished, we, we mentioned there was all these things that we could have covered and we forgot. So right. it's, it's, it's fun to be able to just talk for like an hour on a subject and realize it's not even enough to cover all of that. But I like that you guys are, re are covering actual cases it's a good way of showing clinicians that it doesn't follow just a textbook presentation every single time. Vestibular patients, especially by the time they get to a physical therapist, tend to be very complicated because we've got 
other factors now coming into it because they've been so uh, symptomatic and compensating. So it's, it's great. I think that you guys can throw that at clinicians and say, here's a real patient. Here's what we did. Let's break it down. Here's what you do. I think there's a lot to be learned from that. And it's very valuable. Yeah. And our BPPV session last month or this couple weeks ago, um, we kind of did like, here's your like textbook BPPV person that comes in. This is what you do. Okay, great. What if that doesn't happen? <laughs> what if that doesn't work? What are all the things that can go wrong or throw a wrench in this? And how do you problem solve those things? So that's kind of how we came at that because posterior canal BBPV can be super easy and fun and great. And people think you're a genius. And sometimes it can be super frustrating because it doesn't go the way it's supposed to. Oh yeah. Especially like a quick <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> And especially those ones where you say, okay, BPPV, posterior canal, no problem. And then it doesn't respond to an epile or whatever. You know, there's always those cases where you're confident in, in what you're doing. And then for some reason, this particular patient doesn't respond the way you would expect. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think that's where a lot of clinicians get stuck because they don't know what to do next. So yeah. that's what we try to help them with. Like, okay, you've got past that textbook learning. Now these are the other things to think about. And we kind of like to set it up so that we've got a basic case to help people with um, just that beginning knowledge if they're just getting into vestibular rehab, but then also look at the complex case. Sure. So what do you do next? You know, where, where do you go from here when things don't go the way you wanted them to? Would you say that's probably your most common asked question? You know, what do I do next? Where do I go from here? I, you know, she presented in this way when I would expect her to present in this way, that type of question. Yeah, I think we get a lot of questions. We have questions um, when people join our Facebook group, like what's, what's the one question you would ask? A lot of people ask, how do I differentiate between X and Y? like some mm -hmm. two, two things, cervicogenic dizziness and concussion, hypofunctions and BPP, something um, that, and what do I do when people aren't getting better essentially? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes it feels like it takes forever, right? So you have patients that can rebound so quick, so quickly and they feel better so fast. And then you've got other patients where it feels like it drags on forever and ever and ever. And, and you start to get frustrated yourself and second guess yourself. Cause you're like, maybe, I didn't do this right, or maybe I'm doing something wrong. But uh, you know, having somebody to kind of reassure you that things are going to be okay can be really, really helpful. Right, right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight and introducing us to the Dizzy Coaches. Can you tell our audience where they can reach you? Yes, yeah, so you can email us uh, dizzycoaches at gmail.com. And we've got a website. We just purchased our domain, dizzycoaches.com. So that should be set up soon for our website because right now we just have a really long website through MailChimp. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully that goes live in the next two days and we can give you the update. And then we're going to start posting our videos on YouTube as well. So we'll have the YouTube channel coming soon. Excellent. And we'll link everything in the show notes, um, especially if you guys have any updates, we can update that as we go too. So be sure to check that out if you are, want to look for the Dizzy Coaches and utilize their services. Thank you yeah. so much, guys. Yeah. Good Thanks. luck. Thank, Thank you. you. 
If you're interested in finding us on social media or the web, you can visit www.vestibular.today for more resources, including testing, treatment, and educational videos, blogs, continuing education classes, and resources including clinic equipment recommendations, suggested tests, and BPMBV treatment charts. Search Vestibular Today and Balancing Act Rehab on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also, be sure to check out Balancing Act Rehab at www.balancingactrehab.com, especially if you think you would benefit from vestibular therapy. We are your girls. The information on this podcast is not intended to replace the care provided by your qualified health professional or to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on Talk Dizzy to Me. Please contact us at Balancing Act Rehab if you think you could benefit from vestibular therapy.